Okay, hi everybody, and welcome to your semi-annual uh, edition <laughs> of On Purpose the podcast. <laughs> I'm Dr. John Duffy, and with me on that other side of the phone line somewhere is Chicago Tribune columnist Heidi Stevens. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How you been? Good. We should stop asking each other how are you. Right. Right. Phony, the, like, right. I'm well, fine, we're both really lying fine. too, right? <laughs> Nothing's totally really lying. very good. Right. Yeah. Let's, keep, <laughs> let's okay, Scott, take it for now. <laughs> and it's Scott. Let's start over. Good let's morning, ask, Heidi. Good morning. Where are you? <laughs> I am uh I'm in my little podcast studio alone in the building and um it appears my air conditioning is not working properly, which is going to make for an interesting day. Um, Do you still I wear a vest are... when it's hot and no one can see you? Yeah, I'm not a farmer, Heidi. I'm a <laughs> professional. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot. I'm a professional. Your therapist needs to be wearing his vest. What... Okay. It's your uniform. I got you. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Oh my um, God! And I assume you are um, in the backyard near the pool. I, no, I'm not because um, it's so loud out there. There's like I don't know what is happening. Oh, I know what's happening. They're building a house two doors down, so no? it's super loud. So no, I'm stuck inside um, in a little uh, bedroom that was at one time my son's, and then at one time my daughter's, and now it's just sitting here for me to record podcasts and. There you go. You have your own little podcast room in your house. How nice is that? How cozy. I know. I know. We got an extra bedroom when John left for college, and so we're sort of... Oh, right. Um, yeah. yeah. Since yeah. we only talk once or twice a year now, um, <laughs> I, I have a question for you um, that I think would be on a lot of listeners' minds. I So this is, I guess, a variation on what we talk about all the time, but right now, I think so many of us who are raising kids, and whether the kids are three or, you know, 19, I think, wondering, like, what do our kids need right now that we're not very good at giving them, um, or what are we, what should we lay off that we keep trying to <laughs> give them too much of? During right? this pandemic, when there's so much we don't know, like we can't really promise them much of anything in terms of like, okay, well, baseball starts on X day, or well, at least on September 8th, school starts back up, or well, at least like, you know, we've got that trip to look forward to. Like there's very little certainty we can give them. There are very few answers I feel like we can give them. Yep. And we don't have any um, past pandemic to look back on and remember how we did it last night like even during like I'm trying to think of chaotic times in our lives not right. necessarily like traumatic like the divorce or something but like a school strike you know where you're like okay uh -huh. I remember I remember with the school strike when you were in first grade and and I could draw on it a little bit for the school strike when she was in seventh grade you know like um there's nothing like that so I just wondered if in your sessions with teenagers um if common themes are coming up like god parents are really doing way too much of this or or parents are really forgetting to give their kids this if there's stuff like that that we could learn from because um i feel like a lot of times we're kind of wildly misreading our kids needs i'm having all the i remember having all these conversations around graduation time with other adults about like mm -hmm. how 
how to honor this time in their lives and how to make up for like the lack of celebrations and rituals and stuff. And then the kids I would talk to were like, I, I really don't need a ritual. Like I didn't, graduation <laughs> ceremonies are boring as hell. Right. Um, June was pretty much like, if you have anyone drive by our house, I will move out. Um, <laughs> there will be no honking and parading and oh hell no. And um, she meant and, it, right? She wasn't. Oh, she, she wasn't a thousand being... percent meant it. She said right. the same thing for her birthday. She's like, if this isn't cleared up by October, please don't celebrate my birthday. Like, I will literally move out if you try to pull one of those. Like, there will be no signs if any cars parade by me. Now, that's just her personality. But and other kids might love that. But um, I'm just saying, like, I think a lot of this is like parents grasping for like, OK, what do kids, you know, like trademark symbol um <laughs> need and um and how do i do it and you i think actually probably know a little more than we do what kids need or at least what they're telling you they need well, more of yeah. of yeah you you would you would think um <laughs> but <laughs> i'll tell you like it, it was interesting going back to the beginning of the pandemic um I, I often think of therapy as being akin to parenting in that, you know, I learn a lot from kids, just like I learned a lot from my son as he was growing up. And um, and when the pandemic came along, so for I've been working with kids for so long that there's something automatic about it and fun and enjoyable. And I don't really have to think through a session before I'm in it, you know, and then I can mm -hmm. kind of like get right in the rhythm of it. Um, and when this thing started and recently as things have kind of shifted and there's this discussion about if and when school starts and what does that look like, um, I also don't have a reference point. <laughs> and, right. uh, so, so I think about like, oh, I'll, I should look back in that cognitive behavioral therapy book about what to do when there's a pandemic and when uh, the thoughts are rational and not irrational and there is no book to look back on. So I, I will share with you um, that um, I, I've been flummoxed about this whole thing with school and, and the kids I'm working with are super out of sorts. And I do think that parents are missing it. But I, I was thinking as I was walking home the other night, I think I might be missing it too. And, um, and as luck would have it, I'm walking home this one evening and there is a um, like a park behind a school on my way home. And okay. at that park is a group of girls sitting at a picnic table and there um, I learned in eighth grade um, and uh, a, a group of boys who are playing around and running around and stuff. And they're a year older. And I know this because <laughs> And this is such a creepy thing to do. Okay. <laughs> but I actually, I'm waiting for this to sound as, less creepy. As, Get there as quick. a grown man. <laughs> so a grown man walks up to this group of girls who are sitting at the picnic table. Uh, like, hey, you guys. <laughs> well, at least you had a vest on. <laughs> I, I had a vest on, so they knew okay. who I was. <laughs> okay, feel better. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. Carry and on. I'm just like, and they're like, are we not supposed to be here? I'm like, no, no, no. I don't know if you're supposed to be here. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not arresting you. But I have or a question. <laughs> and so I, I'm, I literally spent, right, we're asking you out, right? <laughs> Although <laughs> I have today. a boat. No, I'm just let, <laughs> let me be clear about what I'm not here for. <laughs> 
Um, and so I asked them, you know, like, so what do you guys think about, you know, what the plan is for going back to school? What do you think it is, first of all? And it was so funny because there were four girls there and they're like, um, one girl said, we go, we're, we go, we're going to go half a day Monday. I'm going to be in the morning and then half a day Tuesday in the afternoon. And another girl said, no, 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 no. No, I think you go all day Monday. Oh, God. <laughs> I go because I, my, I'm in the second half of the outfit. So I go Tuesday. Nobody goes Wednesday. We have to clean. Yeah. <laughs> so so it, it was so funny because nobody was quite sure. Uh-huh. And I asked them what they thought. And then there's where, and one girl started crying to Aww. my surprise. And she said, it's just so sad because, um, we're, I'm not going to be with these guys because they're in a different part of the alphabet. And this other girl who hadn't said anything up to that moment said, we know it's not going to happen anyway. We mm. know it's the minute the first case is in the school, which is mm. going to be the first day. Right. We're all going to be virtual. We're all going to be in our houses. And that's going to be true the whole year, not Aww. just this semester, but the whole, you know, and, the, and so they're, they're super bummed about it. And yeah. it took a while to kind of like get down there. And then they were all kind of like, yeah, such a drag. And then I, so I walked over equal opportunity and I stopped these boys who were running around with a basketball, not bouncing it, running hmm. around with a basketball. So I asked them what they were playing. They could not explain this to me. Um, but in any event, uh, I asked them the same question. They had similar confusion absolutely the same conclusion that you know like this is gonna this is hopeless like this situation is a joke the fact that the board is meeting it's all you know we know that you know it's not gonna happen and i asked him you know so what's the toughest part in this one this one boy um and if you saw these guys predictably this one boy said girls man i have not hung out with girls for Mm. six months (laughs) and he meant it like you know like and it was such a drag and um and so you know, I think in order to understand what kids need, you got to ask them. Like, because I, right. I found myself instinctively asking, like, you know, what's so what, 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 what do we do for you guys? You know, and um, and they had like ideas like this. This one kid said, you know, like, well, I'm trying to talk my parents into getting a conference table. I know where it is. I've already found it for our garage. And me and these guys and a couple of our other friends can go in there because we know there's not going to be school and we'll work together all day long. And then we'll like go and we'll go outside. We'll play basketball or something, then come back in and do more work. That's how that's, that's brilliant. How it's brilliant. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, and um, and so I'm at now I'm asking kids. So instead of guessing, which I think a lot of us are doing and I'm watching parents kind of like, you know, I'm. On Zoom, so you're as a therapist, you feel a little more hope, helpless when you're like not in the room and you can't say, yeah, you know, just hey, oh wait, 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 let's just ask ask Timmy what's going, what he thinks, you know, yeah. Um, but I, I think we have to ask them. But to your point, um, they don't feel very good about what's going on. Like they, you know, um, they feel like they're being brought false hope and false promises about how things are going to go well things are going to be open by october we're sure of it you know like the one one mom kind of was talking to her daughter and said that and she's like you don't know that you you told me that was going to happen last semester so i know you don't know that like tell me something different you know or tell me what what do we know or what can we count on 
because yeah. I have nothing, you know, effectively kids have nothing they can lean on. You're right. There is nothing in their lives that matters to them that they can really lean on as known and true. And the risk here is like hopelessness sets in, you know, there's like right. this, this darkness, this cloud comes over them. And, um, and then they kind of over all this time, they check out a little bit. They're kind yeah. of like, eh, what's the point? You know, I'm just going to go lay in my room. I'm just going to yeah. I'll look at Snapchat or I'll just watch Parks and Rec again. Right. And I think sometimes parents think if they give kids um, a concrete date or answer or event to hang their hopes on, they'll help them avoid that hopelessness setting in. But I think the risk of that is that your your word and therefore it's not even personal just the word of authority figures starts to feel like you can't count on it like it's meaningless right and i mean yeah. it, this is reminding me of like when when my daughter was little i had one friend who i hung out with who had three kids and and when one of them would ask, you know, like, can we get ice cream or like, can we go back to Navy Pier? Or can we whatever? She would always say, we'll see, even when the answer was no. And I was like, why don't you just say no? Like now, <laughs> right. like we're not going back to Navy Pier. Like it's like five o'clock at night or whatever. And yep. um, I was like, why don't like we're not we're not here, are we? you know like you kind of say <laughs> like are we like were we really thinking about that and she'd mm -hmm. always look at me in mouth like no you know i roll i'm like it wouldn't it don't but it's just like a way of like i don't feel like having the meltdown right now i don't want the reaction when they hear the word no you know like whatever you sort of like punt right yeah we'll see you know goes down easier than no um and <laughs> right so, so I feel like, I mean, this is sort of the opposite where you're saying like, no, October 5th, like everything opens back up, which is like, actually we'll see would be the accurate answer in this one. But what I'm saying mm -hmm. is I think a lot of times we're tempted to give them the answer that like feels better in the moment um, definitely, because it just avoids a meltdown or, uh, you know, sense of hopelessness setting in or whatever we think it does, but it probably doesn't it probably long term makes things harder right because they feel like god could anyone just deal with me honestly here you know yeah. could just say we don't know yep um and it's i don't even think it's i don't even think it's long term i think it's like worse than that i think it's kind of immediate because uh, um i'll just speak for the kids around here that i know um they knew most of the kids I've spoken to knew when the board was meeting about what, what was going to happen with school, um, with sports and extracurriculars, um, when the IHSA was going to call, um, you know, fall sports. So any kind of false hope we're giving kids, they're kind of onto it already. I mean, you know, I'm yeah. thinking about like when I was a kid, if my parents said, if I was like, you know, can we get ice cream? And, you know, my dad said, Something along the lines of, you know, well, we'll see, you know, mm -hmm. like I would be like that, that probably would have worked out. Right. You know, I, I think I would have like been like, OK, maybe be good behavior or something. Yeah. Maybe I have a little agency over this, you know, right. Kids know kids know they have no agency over this and yeah. they know we have no agency over most of this either. And yeah. so to to um, play any number on them that's not perfectly honest is I'm finding a pretty big mistake because 
then they feel like, ooh, I really kind of needed to rely on you, mom and dad, and mm, you're kind of showing me that you're, you're, you're uncomfortable with the uncertainty as much as I am. Yeah. And so I gotta, I'll just talk to my friends about it, I guess, or just internalize it and feel crappy a right. lot of the time. But, but it'd be probably way better if you were just straight with me and said, I don't know, you know, it could be that school's off for the whole year or, you know, we, I don't know, we'll have, but let's brainstorm about what to do if that happens. Yeah. You know, something along those lines, I think, creates something that feels you know, kind of cooperative and collaborative and possibly even a little fun. I'm stretching, stretching that a little bit, but I think, you know, kids could get on board with that at the very least, instead of thinking like, well, this is never going to end. And that's what I'm hearing from kids is that feeling like, you know, what's the point? This, I, I cannot picture when this ends, when we don't yeah. run into the situation, the situation of the semester. And you can imagine if you, are 12 or 15 or 16 or 18, your, your experience might suggest that, right? You know, it's like you don't have totally. all these decades of experience. And so, you know, you see like, okay, this thing showed up and took everything away. And, and I, it looked like we were seeing some light for maybe a couple of months over the summer here. And now we're, I feels like we're back where we started, maybe yep. worse. I don't know, you know, like, and, and, um, you know, why, why would this change at any point? You know, like, right. you know, uh, does a vaccine really change it or, or do we care? Does, does a vaccine work? I don't, I, and kids are aware of these questions and they know we're all kind of in the same space. So I think they're totally you know, aware. Like, yeah. 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 It's interesting that you said, you know, fun and and you know as as you said that might be a little too much to hope for but <laughs> but i was thinking as you were talking about how in this case um you know it's not a it, well i'm going to go on a tangent in many directions which won't surprise anyone but when i was it, when i was interviewing lisa demore a couple weeks ago she was talking about how you know this virus can actually introduce you know a way to have healthy conflict in the home with a teenager anyway, mm -hmm. because the parents and the teenager finally have a common enemy, which is the virus, right? So as long as you can keep your arguments centered around the fact that like your teenager's not your enemy, and if you're a teenager, your parents not the enemy, like the always, always, always the virus is the enemy, which is a little bit different than a lot of parent-teen conflict where it's like underage drinking or vaping or, you know, like, Yep, um, such a liberating concept. Uh, yeah, you're kind totally of, kind on, of jaw dropping. Yeah, right. You're totally on opposite sides of it. On this one, like you're both on the same side. You know, hating a virus and wanting it to go away in mm -hmm. whatever form that takes. Um, so, um, where was I going to go with this? Uh, fun. Um, Lisa DeMore's idea, Lisa right? <laughs> Her upstream idea. Right. <laughs> we'll find and, um, <laughs> so she was saying, right, we could have healthy conflict. Um, I, I think that on this one, um, unlike some arguments that we have with our kids, it you can almost talk to them like you would talk to a friend rather than like as your as the authority figure and they're the child. Mm -hmm. Like I'm finding again to your point that like 
June anyway. I mean, once your kid has a phone and social media, like she knows stuff before I do. And I work at a friggin' newspaper. Like I'll say, you know, the CPS, <laughs> CPS plan came out today and she's like, yeah, but the teacher's union hates it. I'm like, how do you know? <laughs> she's like, I follow, you know, CTU teacher memes on Instagram. Um, I'm like, oh. <laughs> so then of course I have to go follow CTU teacher memes on Instagram. But like, she, so they know the back channels and like all the, you know, infighting and the challenges and all that stuff like in ways that I mean we for sure didn't as kids but also even as adults now I don't know necessarily like everything that she knows by the time she knows it so there's just not it's not like me needing to explain the situation to her um, yep and pick the topic that that applies to here I'm talking about CPS versus the teachers union but like on so many of the layers of this pandemic, like they don't, it's not so much that they need it explained to them. I'm finding, um, it's more like they just need somebody to commiserate with, I think. Um, and so that's where I say maybe in some of these cases, it can help to look at it like, well, how would I talk to, you know, my friend who I'm, you know, taking a masked walk with, you know, rather than like, how would I, explain this to a child Um, yeah those are some of our best conversations I also felt like another thing Lisa Demore said that I loved was this idea of like family sabbaticals because she said like there's so much forced togetherness and we were talking about this at dinner last night like I was like I feel like we've seen each other the four of us Michael and my two kids and I um more in the last five months than like literally the previous 10 years like we (laughs) have every friggin meal together and like no one goes anywhere and it's fine like it's actually for us it's actually been fine but it's hilarious June used to have dinner in her home like maybe once a week if you Mm -hmm. you know because she had trampoline and she had girl scouts and she had debate and she had track and she had student council and so like maybe she'd swing home between things (laughs) and grab like you know a cliff bar but Mm -hmm. anyway um all that's gone, which is tragic and also lovely if you think about the extra time we've had together. But anyway, yeah. um, Lisa Demore was talking about how, like, the temptation for parents is to be like, you know, hey, guys, like, let's all put a puzzle together. Or like, hey, guys, let's, you know, let's make the most of this gift of time. And it's important to remember that when somebody, an adult or a kid, doesn't view that time as a gift but it's actually like sick (laughs) everybody else wants to be left alone that it's not personal and that's actually super super normal and so her family started calling them sabbatical days like we saturday's a sabbatical day like we are not hanging out all of us together like everybody does their own thing whether it's stuck inside their bedrooms in the house or outside the house like it's not together to stay and it's not personal and nobody has nobody gets to feel slighted by it. It's just it is necessary and healthy. Yeah, um, reasonable. Right, right. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And the word sabbatical I loved because mm-hmm. um, it just takes kind of the emotion out of it. And um, but I'm finding with June, like I I think from seeing people doing this on Facebook or whatever, I just thought like, 
oh, we'll like catch up on all these movies together that like I would love to share with her now that she's like going into high school and whatever. And we would get in these movie discussions and like, but then she would never want to watch them with me. And now what is happening is that she watches them. Like the other night she watched Marriage Story. The night before that she watched Lady Bird. Like she's watching movies that we've talked about in the past, but she she doesn't want to sit and watch them with me. She wants to watch them on her own. Uh-huh. I watch them on my own, or I've seen them yep. in the past. And then she wants to talk about them on a walk, but not sit down next to each other and watch them. Do you know what I mean? Which is, yep. like, there's something different about that. Like, she doesn't have to experience it with me sitting next to her, like, judging a scene or, you know, yeah. like, sighing loudly or, <laughs> or laughing at a part that she doesn't think is funny or whatever. Um, and I thought, like, that's kind of an interesting way of acknowledging the sabbatical wisdom, but like still having a little togetherness. Cause we do get to then take a walk and analyze it. You know, the thing that we both saw. Uh, so I don't know. I'm just grasping for like examples of tiny little things that work. And that has been one of them for us, which is to like experience the same thing, but not necessarily at the same time. And then talk about it later. Yeah. I love that example, Heidi, like that, 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 um, idea. So you could easily, and I, and I, I think a lot of us as parents could easily take offense, right. At like our kid, not well. I, I thought we were going to watch that movie together. And then, um, suddenly that becomes the issue, right. You know, and you, you might have an argument about that. Um, and that, that can lead down some weird rabbit hole instead of recognizing like, Okay, that's our sabbatical, right? June need wanted those couple hours to watch Marriage Story on her own or Lady Bird, but on our walks we get to, I get to talk to her about it, and yeah, that's awesome. That's great too, and I'll take it, right? You know, like she, so I, you're kind of like in tune with what her needs are at a really funky time instead of like kind of mandating, you know, like um, okay, family movie night. We're gonna watch Lady Bird tonight, and she not wanting to do that. Like, you know, right. no, I need some time alone. And you recognize, like, okay, and there is a rhythm to that. Like, I think about, like, oh yeah, most teenagers they're gonna want, you know, that that there is a rhythm for them to. I just want to be sitting on my bed. I want to watch a thing. You know, right. I like to do that alone. It's like totally. something regulating about that, right? And if you take yep. that away, you could run into dysregulation and create problems that you don't even make the connections to, right? Where it's like, yep. why do you, why does she have such a bad attitude? And it might be just like, oh, it's because we made her like hang out with us all the time. Right. You know? right. <laughs> so I think part of it is like recognizing what your kids need and allowing them to follow the lead. Like I, um, it reminds me of this session I had with a family that I just met a while back. And, um, and I was talking to just mom and dad and it was a little parenting consultation. And, um, and somewhere along the line, dad said, you know, like, you know, these kids just need to toughen up, you know, like they just need to kind of get along with the program. And I felt myself kind of very defensively saying, Ooh, picture being a kid now, you know, like I don't, think I think there's a lot of toughness involved already in you know like yeah. um in a pandemic I'm going I'm not ma- I'm not with my friends as much as I'd like I don't know what school looks like um not doing any of my extracurricular stuff um feeling listless and kind of depressed and anxious and you know I don't know that that's not 
managing a lot of toughness. I don't think we have to add to the equation by making life harder right (laughs) now for our kids. Like, I think, I think they'll look back on 2020 and think like, that was kind of tough, you know, like, I don't think we have to like say like, you know, yeah, let's, let's figure out where we need to make life a little more trying because they're not quite building any resilience here. (laughs) You know, I don't know the kid that's not working on that. So, so I think part of it is, is to just get parents to get us all thinking about what our kids need to, in a collaborative way, to get through this. And to your point, which I think is pretty creative, and Lisa DeMore, whose who's brilliance kind of frustrates me, and she knows it. <laughs> She's so good. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, like the idea of sabbatical as opposed to, like, we're taking a break. You know, there's something just just fundamentally lyrical about that that I love. And, and it does. It takes all blame out of it. And gives everybody permission to like breathe and, and and the space that everybody needs after months of being together all the time. And yeah. I just love that. But it, and it's a recognition of I think I think we need this as parents. I think you guys need this as kids too. You can't spend all your time with us, you know. Like in that yeah. that kind of thinking, I think is what we're maybe what we're encouraging here. I don't know. I think so. <laughs> but, yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. A takeaway. So. Um, it, it, well, I don't. Right. I think we got we have our takeaway. Uh, I, I don't think we need a cookie cutter. I don't think there is one. You know, I think right. every kid is wildly different um, and some need, you know, tons of time on their own. Some want to be with family. Some need to be with friends sometimes, you know, like and uh, um, and I think it's really, really hard, like in, in fairness to every parent out there trying to navigate this. You know, I, I don't know any parents who aren't well-intentioned about like wanting the best for their kids and wanting normalcy. Um, I think it's really hard to, to create that. And even if you're paying attention to follow your kids cues, because you're, we're almost encouraging people run on the assumption that your kids know their cues, you know, like mm-hmm. in a yeah, way you almost right. have to let, get them thinking about like, you know, what they need, because this is maybe the first time in a lot of young lives where you have to think about like, okay, yeah, what does work best for me? Because normally I just do the thing. I go to school, I do go to debate or trampoline or whatever the next thing is. I come home, I grab a clip bar, I, you know, there's a rhythm yep. and I just kind of follow it. I don't even think about it. Yeah. And now there's this consideration you have to give, you know, when you're 14 or 15 to, you know, like the nature of your days, which is really funky for kids to have to think about. Yep. Yeah. It's way, it's a time of having way more control than usual at a time when you also have so little control, Right. you know, over, <laughs> right. like you have way more control over the small hour by hour moments of your life and none over the huge global part of it, you know? Agree. Yes. So true. Right. I mean, and that's, that creates its own kind of like mm, tension and anxiety. I think, you know, like, yeah, um, yeah that, that, that there's a dissonance there that is hard to navigate. And yeah, so I don't think we have to make it harder, but to the extent that we can pick up on their cues and, and help them read them, you know, um, right. I think we're doing pretty, I think we're doing the best we can. And, um, and I hope we're giving the impression that by and large, if you're attending to your kid, and you're um, keeping an eye out for them and looking out for their best interests and you lose it once in a while, 
you're still doing a, a perfectly reasonable job as a parent and probably yeah. pretty damn good given the circumstances. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I, it's yeah. hard. Yeah. It yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, I think, I think we've got a takeaway somewhere in there. Somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you listen two or three times, you'll, <laughs> you'll right. find one. We do encourage reruns. You got to go back. Yeah. And, you know, we, <laughs> we, it's like uh, Easter eggs. The, 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 the <laughs> message is hidden somewhere in there. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> when you figure it out, please write us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right i'm sure so, you've got a full uh, day ahead of you i've got a full day you certainly have a full day um so we will talk to you guys hopefully in the next six months or so yeah. um in the meantime heidi take care we'll talk to you soon okay goodbye bye